<laughs> see, um, if Matt if Matt bends over, you can see his arse in that mirror. Is that the... Oh, nice. <laughs> Do you think that's why he puts the mirror there? Absolutely. It's next to the leather couch. No light. Yeah, I was, I was tempted to arrive with no top on like most of the other people that attend the podcast. Hello, hello. It's Mac Daring and Matt Starling. We are the Wi-Fi Ninjas and we welcome you all to the Wi-Fi Ninjas podcast. There are six people today on the show. It's me, it's Matt, and it's our landlords. Or oh, a landlord? I have no idea. I've never listened to your show, guys, so I don't know how to do the intro, but <laughs> I will do my best. We are together with Alan Blake, Dan Jones, Christian Roberts, and Ryan Dodds. Oh, Christian, I heard you have a new name. What was it? His only name, Kevin. Kieran. Kevin. There we go. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> so, gentlemen, how are we all doing? All right. Doing very well. Yeah. Hey, I think warm. I've dialed in. I've walked into the wrong pub. I thought this was the wireless pubcast featuring the Wi-Fi Ninjas. Huh. Nah, it's the Wi-Fi Ninjas pubcast. Well, judging by, by, by your hats, it looks like a Wi-Fi Ninjas. <laughs> what are you on about? I'm not wearing any hats. Okay. <laughs> How many have you had, Mac? Uh, I just started, but my beer is extremely strong. Yes. <laughs> They're the best. Are you kind. drinking Foster's? Trying my best. <laughs> He's definitely oh, drinking got, Foster's. You've got a nice little glass there. Brew the glass. That. Love it. Nice. Yeah, brew the beer. Yummy, yummy. Swish, 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 swish. I'm on the... Uh, I'm, I'm going to start tonight. I am drinking Brewdog Gin. Cactus and lime flavor. And it is nice. When did they start brewing gin? Uh, I don't it's know. It's run from the alcohol hand wash bowl, isn't it? <laughs> it's probably just alcohol hand wash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good though. Uh, they've just covered up the taste, I think, with the cactus flavor. I've I'm never buy a bottle of that. I've never like eaten or drunk cactus flavor before, so I, I've got no kind of like measuring stick to know does it actually taste like cactus. Do you know what I mean? I do. I, I've never used my measuring stick to you know to taste a cactus with. <laughs> Surely you've, surely you've felt a little prick before. <laughs> he works with Speaking Matt a little time, mate. A little prick. <laughs> How are you, Matt Starling? You good? I'm very good for seeing all your lovely faces tonight. What a pleasure. Hey, it's too scripted. What an honour to be back here again. My second time at the pub. Well, last time you were here, I was in the hospital almost dying while you were all sat there taking the piss out of me. So thank you, Matt. <laughs> it's a shame it's not again. Oh, it's, it's the only night I've had away from home in a year. It was lovely, like being in a hotel. And the morphine was fantastic. <laughs> what was wrong with you some, again? Uh, you had some you kind of big pre-op washing his ass up. What was it? Uh, well, I faked appendicitis to get a waiting away. And they took it out. Nice. <laughs> what out? From where? Where? What happened? Dicks. Oh, it was a while ago. Don't worry about me. Okay. I know you, you get well card got lost in the post, so it wasn't mental then. Okay. <laughs> uh love it. Right, Alan, what are you drinking then? Um I've gotta go and get them. I forgot to bring them uh, prep for this. You're such uh, a bell end. I've... Right, go on. <laughs> Cheers. Mac, what are you drinking? Are you, you guys are gonna be prepared. Oh yeah, man. I have Elvis juice. Elvis uh, juice by Brewdog. It's, it's good stuff. Beer. A very good IPA with mm. grapefruit, I think. 
Yeah. Infused IPA with natural citrus flavors. It's one of my favorite beers recently. It's really good. And after two of these, I can feel that, man. On the day yes. and on the day after. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll make, you sure you make, make sure you do the four of them then. Uh, they come in cases of four, don't they? <laughs> well, I bought 48 and half of that was this. So. Beauty. Mm. What, what, what else did you go for? Hazy Jane? I have Hazy Jane. I have the lager stuff. Uh, how is it called? The silver, uh, silver can? Uh, Lost Lager. Yeah, Lost Lager. Lost amazing, one, yeah. amazing shit. Uh, Punk IPA also, it's there. And the Clockwork Tangerine. That uh, was like nice. a super nice thing. I've never had that before. Very nice. Also quite strong. Beauty. Love it. Matt, what are you drinking? I've got a beer Meriti. Uh, I've got a couple of them and then I've got some Punk IPA for a little bit later on. And I'm drinking it out of my favorite glass, which me and Mac got together when we went to that brewery for a uh, a missed event a few years ago. Yeah, nice. Was it a few years ago, really? Was it? Well, it feels like it. Must have been like less than two years. Where was that? Oh, it's a warehouse somewhere hidden in like whatever. I don't know. Can't East, remember. East London, I think. It's quite. They hired out um, a brewery, and then uh, yeah, there's loads of free beer, and they gave out free glasses. And then on the top floor, uh, they did the actual event where they had some people talking. But when we was on the top floor, it it as the, as the people from this were presenting, it absolutely started to chuck it down, and the rain was so loud that you just couldn't hear what people were like. People were trying to talk on the microphone, but the rain was so loud on the top of this warehouse. All you could hear was the rain. So everyone was just sitting there laughing pretty much because you just couldn't hear what everyone was saying. Metal ceiling with some glass, wasn't it? And yeah, it, it wasn't only the rain. I remember the pigeons as well. They were like fighting there, and some pigeons they went inside and they were flying around. So I think yeah. the like kind of distracted. That's amazing. That sounds like a great event, to be fair. It was, really it was good. good. It was good. Nice. Sweet. Okay, Ryan, what are you drinking? Keep with the times, bottle of Corona. Nice. <laughs> Go to. Love it. Although I'm um, actually filling my brew dog basket as we speak. <laughs> You're on the website now after listening. I am, I've just got some cactus gin and some Zwickle nice. Hells. I tried their um, their cream soda beer the other day, and that was good. really nice. Is that that Duo Lupus or whatever it's called? Yeah, I'm not, quite, I'm not sure the name of it, but it's based like a cream soda version of the, the beer, but I've, I've been really enjoying that recently. Beauty. Yeah, Duopolis. Or, Duopolis, actually, sorry, Duopolis, I think that's called. Maybe. They do some, They do some. I mean, we obviously don't sell it here in this pub, but they do some really good... Um, like Nanny State and things like that, the the zero percent beers, really good. Haven't tried them from Brudeg, but it's it's amazing. I remember back in like 2014-ish when I had punk for the first time. I couldn't mm -hmm. believe how good it was. And it wasn't well known beer back then. They were just starting yeah. in central London. So they're very, I don't know, young brewery. Yeah. And they're smashing it. It's like every beer I had from them is absolutely amazing quality. Yeah. They're expanding quick as well, aren't they? Oh yeah, mm. I think they're not only in Europe now. Yeah, they've got a. Um, haven't they got a place in America as well in Vegas? They just I bought a roof bar, didn't they? I just saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And they got they've got a brewery over there as well now. Wow. I think that's, an, that's enough of an excuse to go to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and the best thing is, it's not that expensive, is it? Like when you buy like fifty cans or something, it's 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 not too bad. Like a pound for a can, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Chris, what are you drinking, mate? Are you on the, you on the jug? Yeah, well, I went to the co-op earlier and I wanted to get a drink that reminded me of Mac and Matt. And I struggled. I looked at the, you know, the cocktail section and I saw penis colada and weeping <laughs> orgasm. And I thought, no, it's not, it's not going to work. So I was overwhelmed with the choice. I ended up with vodka um, and some Doomba. Um, so sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't find the right drink that, uh, that reminded me of you. But the vodka is only like, you know, relevant to me really, right? Because I'm Polish. That's what Polish people drink. And no, it ran off. It ran off. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> you just got the cheapest thing you could. <laughs> <laughs> that and some roller cola. No, can't drink it with roller cola. Got to be, yeah. Well, this is terrible. I've, I've, I'm in the basket of Brewdog. I've spent £40, 45 pence, and I still haven't filled all the slots to get free delivery. This is terrible. I'm going to be skinned. Let's crack on, mate. For, mate, the gin's some. probably about 40 quid, isn't it? 20, 20 pounds, 75 pence. Ooh, not too bad, you man. See. What's That's the fresh quality. Yeah, it's it's uh, 25 quid in Sainsbury's, but if you order it online, you get it for 20, 20 pounds, 75 pence. Five pounds delivery nice. charge. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> Sounds a bit cheap. Uh, it's, quality, it's quality stuff. What's sour? Sour? It's like the opposite of sweet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got, I'm, I'm just looking at it. We've got lager, cider, and it says sour, 7%. On today's Se- episode 7%. of the Wireless Podcast, Ryan goes online shopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a shopping episode. Yeah. Beauty. Like QVC, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, what are you drinking, mate? Let's get this shit bit done over and done with so we can move on. So as always, I have a selection of beers and actually appropriate to what's going to be going on today. So the first beer is I got is tribute because this is uh, this is not the best podcast in the world. It's just a tribute because obviously the Wi-Fi Ninjas is the best. Yeah. It's not what so, that's not what you were saying last week, though, was it? Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was. I wouldn't lie to you. The conversation that we're going to be having today is is obviously going to be golden. Uh, uh-huh. Golden bit. And he, by the way, everyone, whenever he says these lines, he's lifting the beer, the bottle of beer up, <laughs> which you won't be able to see because this is an audio podcast. Why have you got <laughs> recording video as well? Come on, guys. I know it's well, Alan. He can't be bothered, can he? It's too hard to edit. <laughs> exactly. It's just. It's just too, too hard. Too much. I can't then, work. And. And because it's obviously a, a, wireless, a Wi-Fi pod, wireless podcast, I'm going to bombard you with lots of questions about warehouse surveying. You're going to have to explain that pun to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was holding up a beer to the camera for everyone to, to <laughs> see. It's called yeah, it's... <laughs> it's called Bombardier. So I'm going to bombard you all with questions about Wi-Fi because I know nothing. And um, obviously the last one has got no relevance at all. It's just called a goblin. King we're just going to gobble up this information. <laughs> Look at my face, man. I think it's relevant. There you go. See, that's it. That, that, that's, that's... I was going to say, it's, it's like Ryan. He loves goblin. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's a shame Ryan, you fucking like... look like a goblin. No, you look like an orc. We've, we've used that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I don't play all this Dungeons and Dragons shite like you do. So we're getting started, Ryan. Mac and Dan will go off on a tangent. That's it. Mm. They'll, they'll start taking the clothes off and stuff like, that, mm. like they're doing. The Hitting each other with their <laughs> tw- level 21 swords. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> not on the camera, so we can, we can go wild. 
<laughs> Stalling, are you recording it, the video? Am I recording the video? No, I'm not yeah. doing anything. What? Yeah, I'm recording the video. Yay. Great. Yeah, the video has been recorded. We always record the video. <laughs> it's all we there. We never publish it. We never publish it. <laughs> oh. Just because we don't. Maybe we could do as a kind of montage. Well, we put out the video snippets on Twitter, if you remember, when we had um, our uh, gate crashes that one time. Do you remember? That was yeah. amazing. <laughs> like the, the guy with the nipples. Yeah, <laughs> tribute to him. I wanted to turn up without my top on, you know, because that's what I thought. That's how everyone comes to the pub now. That was just. That was just a golden moment. I don't think we'd ever do that again or top it, personally. Uh, it, was just, so it was just phenomenal. But yeah, uh, Zoom, Zoom's it. kind of broken that anyway with having to have a passcode to be able to join, yeah, right? It's probably a good idea, yeah. though, because we, 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 we did get some idiots on and a few times kind of ruining it where they just kept reconnecting and reconnecting. You just couldn't kick them. You had can't to... kick them out quick enough. No, unfortunately. They kind of knew what they were doing. But It, um, it was funny, though, because the second time we did it, for a brief period of time, we thought we had actual people joining talk about fine and then it started with the racial slurs and stuff uh, like, oh, <laughs> oh no yeah. <laughs> this is not good so boys cheers for coming along do appreciate it and you as well matt and mac um great to have you on the show um <laughs> clearly no one got that everyone's like just obliviously looking elsewhere let's talk about wi-fi then boys um i want to bring you on because we had a good conversation last week about a particular thing which was Something you guys have done recently, which is obviously the warehouse design that you mm-hmm. did, that you guys did for um, Europa, and published it out and everything else. I've got a few questions um, I'd like to kind of put towards you, and some of the questions I'm going to start with are: When is a good time, do you think, to do an AP on a stick? The well, in terms for? of when you're doing a warehouse design, so well, no, no, what... hang on, not not a specific environment. It can be any environment, but when is the best time to do an AP on a stick? Well, we kind it. of we, we we tend to say we only really do AP on a stick like surveys if it's in an environment where we can't comf- confidently predict what we think the signal is going to look like. So if it's a carpeted office with a standard drywall and interior glass. Probably you don't need to do an AP on a stick site survey. You can just go do some attenuation testing, uh, maybe validate what some of the Wi-Fi is there already and have a look at what's going on. Probably don't need to take your AP on a stick and then move it around every single position in the carpeted office. So, so then talk about an AP on a stick where you would take an AP on a stick. Where right? we would go and do an AP on a stick site survey, Alan. What I was getting to, I was <laughs> building people up, you know. You don't want to just dive Suspense, Alan. Come on. you got to so do some foreplay. Yeah. This, yeah. this is your problem, Alan. you got a foreplay, mate. Come on. Sorry Build up wife. to it. <laughs> I just want to get straight to the main course. <laughs> skip the starter. I'm hungry. Oh, skip, skip it all and do the uh, post-sex cry. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, what's that? <laughs> feel a bit. Feel a bit useless, you know. Three seconds after you've started, it's like <laughs> not again. <laughs> so to try and answer your question, Adam, when you should do an apnistic site survey is when you're in an environment which is a uh, challenging environment where you can't really predict what you think the signal is going to look like. So warehouses are going to be great for that. Maybe you do some other unique kind of environments like we have had to do, like uh, lots of recycling plants and uh, heavy machinery. Maybe, you know, you need to go do some uh, hangers that build cars. So you can't just go do um, your, your predictive model. You actually need to go there and measure what it's going to be like and, you know, see what those reflections are going to be like. How about you, Mac? Want to add anything there? No. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> what about what about something like a like a hospital or a school? Oh where... yes, Hosp- okay. Actually, hospitals is a really good one. I used to do hospitals all the time when I for the company before I used to work for Nintendo Block Solutions. Their um their main customer was public sector and it's hospitals. So we used to just do hospitals all the time. We only used to do APNSTX site surveys for hospitals because you get a floor plan. You don't know if that floor plan was from a year ago, 50 years ago, or what's changed. And you look at the floor plan and sometimes you've got no idea what could be in those rooms. And it could be any type of medical machinery. Uh, some of the rooms they've got like these cr- like crazy insulators. So um, like where the x-ray rooms are and things like that, sometimes you can't just, you know, look at the, the 2D floor plan. So actually I say hospital is probably another one of those environments that you should really be doing apionistic site surveys. Sometimes the hospitals, they've got like the outbuildings that are more like offices. You could probably get away with not doing apionistic site surveys or all of them, but the main actual hospital areas, yeah, I think you've got to do apionistic site surveys, but I'm very glad that I don't do hospital surveys anymore. <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind. I find that I hospitals are quite easy to do because they're usually fairly old and have really thick walls. So the attenuation between the rooms are quite good. Do you know what I think? Yeah. Uh, some of the, actually, <laughs> the hospitals I used to do that were further up north were quite like that, but there's quite a lot of, in London that are f- fairly new. And a lot of the, I used to do quite a lot of private hospitals as well. And they're like brand new buildings. It's all like luxury. Some of the, um, I did a very expensive like private hospital in, in London. And some of the patient rooms were nicer than like luxury hotel suites. Like you just, I walked into this room and I was like blown away. It had like a front room, a kitchen. And then in the bedroom, it had a hospital bed, but it was all like a TV sofa. It was like, like all suites, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was mad because I've, I've only ever been to public hospitals before that. And then when I started to do some of these private hospitals in in like central london yeah some of these some of these rooms were just mental and then it would just be a, a hospital bed where a normal bed would be yeah so Dan, I, you've just sniffed the bottle however uh, he sniffs so every, he sniffs every ring doesn't he well it was something <laughs> sticking out from the bottom of his camera view i'm not sure if it, if it was the bottle but it was it was my tarquins gin which is my that, my, that, you know what is? My, my favorite gin if I could have named you, you would have been named. It's Tarquin. his middle name. Tarquin. Tarquin <laughs> he would have. He, he walks around in, in, in brown corduroy pants. Hey, I used to wear them. Killing foxes. Nothing wrong with brown corduroy. Just, just so you know, Ryan, I grew up on a council estate, mate. On a <laughs> proper... I did! I grew up on a council estate. You don't know nothing, yeah, son. The Queen lives in a council house, doesn't she? That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, uh, I love too. it. <laughs> could you, um, Alan? Could you imagine Dan growing up where we grew up? No, I couldn't. I mean, he he would be the kind of um, <laughs> I don't know, the boy that you would definitely pick on, the yeah. boy that you would definitely um, put inside a, a shopping trolley and push him down the steepest right. hill you could find. Granted, old, granted, bald head. We did. We did have electricity where I grew up because we grew. I grew up in the south, so fair play. You know, I didn't. I didn't have to huddle around an actual fire to keep warm. But uh, it was a council estate. Um, I, my dad. Right, this is getting into the weeds now. This I've, I've had a had a bit to drink. My dad <laughs> had a bit to sniff. <laughs> my dad punched a hole in the wall. Uh, he's not he's, he's not a nice guy and i and so i could talk to my mate through the hole in the wall in the house next door it was good fun 
<laughs> Good times. Glory hole. You know, I'm going to talk for yeah, it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, these, these API on a stick servers, you said one of the things you'd, you'd want to do in these complex environments is look for reflections and measure reflections. So in an environment like you said, a, a car factory, um, well, obviously there's moving parts and stuff like that and cars going down the, well, the shelves of cars going down the big conveyor belt, I assume, I don't know. Um, how, how do you get an accurate measurement of reflections in an environment that changes so much? Yeah, so that's a great question. When we done that type of survey, we um, <clears throat> we yeah, <laughs> uh, we uh, we did it during the day. So whilst you know, whilst it was kind of like during normal business hours, so we could you know try and capture the RF environment in as much of the live production as it's going to be. So not doing it out of hours when there's not going to be any production happening, but trying to do it whilst the actual production is going on. So it's kind of as real life as where it would be. So you can capture that, but you know. Again, it's a challenging environment, but that was that was still my favorite favorite survey, and Matt knows why. Which one? Where I uh, I bumped into Mr. David Beckham. Oh man, yeah, that that was weird. I didn't even know how David Beckham looks like, and we are doing this, you know, uh, survey. Uh, well, we're planning a new design for 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 Wi-Fi in this beautiful uh, facility, and then David Beckham comes in, and Matt, he's just turning into a stone. He's like looking at the guy coming, you know, closer and closer. He stopped talking. He just like glares at him and Mark, Mark, look at him, look at him. I'm just looking at him and who the frack is this guy, man? <laughs> he didn't even know I who he found was. someone better looking than him for once. That's the thing, you know? Well, I didn't, I'm, I'm short-sighted, so I didn't have my glasses on. I was standing there and we were kind of like by the entrance to this car place. And um, yeah, this guy was like walking, he started like walking towards me and Mac had his back to him and he was like getting closer and closer. And as, as this guy was getting close, I was thinking, oh, who's this like really suave looking guy like, like coming towards us? And then as he got close enough for me to work out who it is, I was like, oh my God, it's David Beckham. But I didn't want him <laughs> to see me go, oh my God, it's David Beckham. So I like covered my mouth and I said to Matt, I was like, you go, oh my God, it's David Beckham. Oh my Beckham. God, it's Matt from the Wireless <laughs> Wi-Fi Ninjas. And then he Matt literally- the Wireless Podcast. We were right yeah. the first time. And then he literally went and he literally just stood like right behind me and I was just like a little girl. And I was like, oh my God, like it's David Beckham. Did you get him to sign something? Did you get him to sign your sidekick? No, I, I, was too, <laughs> I was too scared to do anything. I just, I was like a quivering mess. I couldn't even concentrate on doing the survey for the rest of the day. Matt had to do what, it all. Rest of the day? Rest of the week, you mean? Mm. I, get, I, get, I get the impression that Mac isn't very good with celebrities, so I bet you just made it up and you're like walking around going, oh, look at that, it's Alan Shearer. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the thing. I don't have a TV for the last like 20 years where I do behind me, but I don't use it for watching anything. I don't know anything about the celebrity world. I don't do anything sports related. So yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. But yeah, back to, um, back to design Wi-Fi for that car hanger place they have a showroom they they actually build the cars there and um well one of the trickier areas was actually where they was actually manufacturing the, the cars um and it was quite high ceilings and they had installed just omnidirectional ap's in there and we were obviously looking at the, yeah so they Rookie were having mistake. they were having quite a lot of issues um which mac went and fixed some of these issues in another site where another one of their manufacturing plants where they just use omnis and we switched to you know directionals and things like that and it really helped to improve the rf for them and you also found a few other weird and funky things didn't you to fix oh yeah yeah that was a nice nice environment and uh, just quickly coming back to the ap on a stick uh, another extremely valid uh, environment to do ap on a stick pretty much always i would say is the rtls uh, application 
because all the environments, they are different and you know all the underlying technologies, they are different. So if you are designing for Wi-Fi, hopefully not when it comes for, to RTLS or BLE or ultra wideband, you would like to see if it's going to work in the real environment. So instead of just putting expensive access points or sensors or whatever anchors out there, it's really good idea to, to have like a several of them, put them on the poles, uh, see what the performance of the RTLS system is. And it's so, still AP on a stick, right? So, so when you guys are saying AP on a stick, are you talking about doing every single position where you're thinking you're going to place an AP, or are you, or are you going to, or are you kind of saying, I think I'm going to place a hundred APs in these locations. Let me go and test ten of them, yeah, and then I can. I guess whatever we feel is practical. So sometimes we're just unsure. You know, we have like 100 access points that are mounted identically throughout the facility. So it's probably enough to mm -hmm. do an AP on a stick around one or two of these APs. Yeah. But if you require several access points to test your solution, like you do in RTLS, typically like four or five or, or six, then by all means, it's probably better to just put, you know, five or six APs around and test and do AP on a stick survey with them. Yeah, so nice. we, don't, we don't do all of them. Uh, we know tons tons of guys that, that, that are doing, you know, AP on a stick for every single access point, but it is, it is a waste of time, a big time. Why? Why do you consider it a waste of time when it can give you the most accurate data because in order to model? You don't, you don't need all that data, right? Like before the simulation tools, it was pretty much a requirement to understand how it's going to, to work and propagate. propagate. Uh, but today, I don't think that you really need to do AP on a stick in a uh, in an environment that you can uh, predict accurately uh, when you measure the you know, attenuation of the walls and ceilings and, and obstacles, when you understand the RF, uh, you've been on site, you've done like a pre-design survey. Uh, everyone has a different name for the surveys, by the way. And then you understand you know, the humidity or the, you know, all the uh, multipath fading stuff, it affects it like blah, blah, blah. So you, you know how it works and then you can just, just simulate most of it. And if you cannot just do AP on a stick where you are not sure. Who out of um, you guys have done AP on a stick site service before? Lords? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my hand up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what uh, signal strength of the cell edge do you uh, do your walk to? Uh, typically 75 yeah. If, I, if, I, if I'm measuring with the sidekick, um, neg 75, neg 76, the devices are going to be a little bit less uh, sensitive than that. Your APs aren't. No, but mostly um, I'm thinking about it from a client's perspective because I can design the greatest Wi-Fi in the world for the APs, but if it doesn't work for the clients, it's going to be shit in it. Yeah, I think where I'm going with that is, is, you know, if an AP can see another AP on the same channel, then it's one contention domain, isn't it? Max so surely you walk up. as far as you can. I don't think Matt knows what he's doing. He's just pressing buttons, isn't he? <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> I've raised my hand in Zoom. I need is to that go what that is? Yes. I always wondered what that was. I just thought it was just emojis being printed on the screen. Or like a high five or something. Raising your hand. Or high five, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Mark. What are you going to say? Yeah, gentlemen, I'll be back in one minute and fifty-two seconds. <laughs> the um, very, I think very precise. He's like, just really? he up to see that he went to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very polite. He doesn't normally do that. 
Yeah, good done. Nice. Good. Yeah. Normally, you just have to fill in. Do you? You just have yeah, to fill in the gaps does, when he just disappears. Happen. Sometimes, <laughs> if, when we we get carried away on like a a few hour podcast, one of us will disappear for like a minute whilst we can quickly go to the bathroom and then come back, and then the other one will end up going. Have you heard the Greg Davis sketch where he used to work in a desk school and he had his um his microphone yeah. left on and went to the toilet? I think we need to edit in like loads of diarrhea sounds now while Max on, <laughs> and then when he gets back, you have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, he won't listen back to it either, so he'll just never be none the wiser. That's good. We should yeah, we'll do that. Alan, definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, st- we'll stitch him up. We'll we'll get him to just talk some random stuff, like mutter under his breath, and then we'll <laughs> somehow <laughs> audio- change the audio so it sounds like oh, it's very echoey. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, we'll just get him to say stuff echo- very echoey and as if he is in a toilet cubicle, and then we'll kind of superimpose really awful Brilliant. kind of toilet yeah. sounds over the top of love that. it so yeah and the best thing is if we just stay quiet for a second it can last for like 15 minutes and we can just reduce the episode by that amount <laughs> so matt i've got a question for you when you're doing ap on a stick do you would you do floors below and above the ap on a stick as well or would you just uh, stick to the same floor no, I, I do do the floors above and below for maybe like one or two of them just so I can get the um the loss of the ceilings for above and below, like you said. But I'm not going to survey to minus 85 and then go up and then survey yeah. and down because, you know, to survey one AP location could probably take you, to, I don't even know, like an hour, two hours maybe. So yeah. it comes a little bit unrealistic. I think when it comes to doing like AP site surveys is to gather as much information to make you feel as comfortable as possible. So when you go back to update your predictive model, you can be confident that you know what your losses are for your ceilings, for your walls, where you can mount the access points. I actually was on a building site yesterday and I took my little AP12 to do some attenuation testing for the first time. Nice. Your little, is is, is that the missed one? The little yeah, hospitality? AP12. Yeah, yeah nice. and the uh, Xl Techs battery pack. So I just, uh, you know, placed it and then made sure it was at least five meters away from a few of the walls that I wanted to test because this was, I don't know about you guys, but quite a lot of the uh, customers that we, we do our offices in London that are kind of being refurbished or rebuilt or brand new offices. And they always want us to do the design before the office has actually been built. And then they want us nice. to come in at some point just to validate our design is going to be accurate so it's usually going on site whilst it's still a building site so then we can measure some of the walls but whilst i was there pretty much yeah. most of the, the walls and furniture are not in yet but uh, and then they show up one of those little meeting room pods and stuff stick it right underneath your access point yeah that happened yeah. that seems to happen quite quite often at the moment i find when you did europa recently the warehouse video that you produced mm-hmm. which is very good by the way um loved it let me just uh, wipe my brown nose. Um, the <laughs> the, the uh, understanding I get from that video was at the very beginning, was there anything in that warehouse? Was it empty when you started? It was It was nothing there. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a warehouse there. It was literally just a piece of ground that they had purchased is when they engaged us. So at that particular point when they engaged you, they wanted to do, obviously, a Wi-Fi design. With nothing there, what did you do at that particular stage? Did you wait for them to put something in or did you continue on to produce a design that no, we yeah, we had to come up with like a, a like a bit of material because they had like um budget 
you know, I think I think it runs every like March to March, like financial years for yeah, customers. Yeah. They had to get it in before a certain time, so they needed to know budget wise, like just not only how many access points, how many antennas they would need, like for the cabling, for this, how many switches they're going to need, like the switch ports for the access point. So we had to come up with some form of bill of materials. The only way we could do that was use the predictive modeling software, which we use as Echohow. But we had to ask the customer lots and lots of questions, you know, find out what all of their requirements were, uh, what the devices they were going to be using. And, you know, like the fact that they were going to be using Wi-Fi from ground to 18 meters high kind of confused me. I would still remember the look at my face when I sat next to the head of the IT when he said, when he kind of said, <laughs> that, he goes, we need, we need Wi-Fi everywhere. And I mean, everywhere. And I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. And he's like, and he's like, no, I want them in the stairwells. I want it in every part of the warehouse, inside the warehouse, outside the warehouse. I was like, okay, no, yeah, no worries. Like, yeah, we can put, you know, Wi-Fi down, down the aisles. He goes, yeah, but they've got to work at all heights of the aisles. And I was like, oh, it's like, and your aisles, your aisles got up to 18 meters high. I was like, yeah. I was like, well, what's, so, and I was like, can you just talk me through what's going to be happening then? And it's like, yeah, the actual cab of the forklift goes up. So the person that's in the forklift goes up in the cab it goes the, the, these um forklifts only goes backwards and forwards down these aisles and they just go up and down and they go up and they just scan outside of the cab with a with a handgun i was like oh okay so oh we're gonna need to probably then put these antennas up at 18 meters high because if you're going to be scanning 18 meters high we need to point them down so then you can have you know any height from ground to 18 meters so that was kind of like a unique challenge and then the other thing as well was the fact that they're like once these access points against the back wall get installed, we're not going to be able to get to them. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, once they're installed, we cannot get to them because they're only two meters wide and scissor lifts that they used to install them before all the oh. racking got installed, they're not going to oh, be able to fit down the aisles. So they need to have full redundancy. If like one of these antennas go down or the access point goes down, they need to have backup coverage from another access point. So that kind of added like another layer of complexity that we needed to factor in. So... Matt, nice. a question. We have another. Oh, it's Alan again. You have. Yeah, I'm getting hand. used to this raising my hand. It's because he's wearing Zoom. glasses. He's being all. He's being all proper. I am. Um, I have I to wear like, glasses now when I'm staring at um, screens. It makes you look a little. It makes you look a little bit. Um, I don't know wiser. <clears throat> That's <Thank> prickish. <laughs> I need to get some. What I'm. What the look I'm eventually going to go for is going to get some. Uh, but uh, really monocle. black rimmed. No, 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 not monocle. No, yeah, like, I walk around with a cane, the top hat. <laughs> you, you're getting a bit closer to the guy from Up, aren't you? As you get older. <laughs> what a, the look I want to go for is to get some uh, black rimmed glasses, and I'm going to start putting sellotape around the edges. There's a look. Just, just a plaster. <laughs> just the plaster, just on the frame where it connects to the, uh, the lens, just to go for that kind of eighties kind of look. Yes. But, um, no. What was my question? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> my question was um, talking about where you were and start at the beginning. And there's a reason why I'm asking these questions. When did you? Have you got a job coming up, Alan? <laughs> you got a job coming? <laughs> You're desperately trying to find no, some answers. No, no I know the answer to that question. They already know all this stuff, but it's, it relates to what we talked about last week and the, and the unpublished podcast that we uh, we don't know probably when it will be released. But um, when did you decide to, at what point do you take the AP on a stick approach? So at the moment, you're talking about the fact that you've been requested to do a predictive model and 
produce a rough order of magnitude or, or whatever in order to scope out how many APs they estimate that they'll need based yeah, upon the requirements that you've gathered. But again, at what point, as obviously it progresses within the project, do you come back in and do an AP on a stick? Do you want to answer, Mac, or do you want me to? Well, I'm, I'm fine. I can, okay. I can answer. Or you can answer. Go on. Sure. So... No, go on, Mac. Go on, Mac. Right. We, haven't <laughs> he- we haven't heard your dulcet tones. <laughs> yeah, cool. So basically, <laughs> uh, we started doing AP on a stick and... Quite no, I've changed my mind. Matt, can you tell us? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go on, Matt. Go on, Matt. <laughs> Pretty much as soon as the racks went in, so we could really like see what's what's really happening. The only uh, the only challenge there was that we didn't have uh, stuff in the racks yet, so we were doing tests with empty racks. Uh, so that was like a limiting factor. However. Uh, it was like exaggerating all the issues that we are going to see there. Alan is raising his hand again for a time. I'm not counting. <laughs> because you've just gone where I was hoping you would go. And Ryan and Christian are going to sit there and go, oh, here we are. Here we go. He's, he's off on one. I'm on my soapbox. Why would you go in, do an AP on a stick survey in an empty warehouse? Because I could tell you what you did next was you would have modeled that AP on a stick. Uh, sorry, you would have modeled the you're modeling the predictive inventory, aren't you? Afterwards, to, to try and gain more accuracy. So I'm questioning why you would go in and do an AP on a stick in an empty warehouse. What benefit does it give you? What information yeah, does it give you that? Good you question. Need? Uh, yeah. So the aisles were very, very, very long, and we had to ensure coverage everywhere. So we had quite a lot of um, dilemmas about how to tilt the antennas. Uh, do we need, are we all right with just one? Do we need two uh, on both ends? And additionally, with just a predictive software, uh, what, what what device do you assume that you are using? A sidekick? Uh, you can use like a, something like an offset or whatever, but what is your offset? How would the real devices look at your Wi-Fi network? So we have taken the real handheld, handheld scanners that they're going to be using in the warehouse. And that's the device that we use to uh, to to understand how the Wi-Fi is going to propagate throughout the entire length of the aisle with these devices. So mm-hmm. we understood it correctly. Like, you know, when we had like NEG 70 on the handheld scanner, we had like NEG 58 on a sidekick. So we knew exactly, you know, what is the offset and how the propagation of the Wi-Fi stuff uh, goes at like 100, 100 meters away from the access point tilted down 20 or 30 degrees. Uh, we had to make sure that it's spot on before all the racks are really uh, built because the racks are just two meters. Well, the aisles between the racks, they are just two meters wide. Not even that. Uh, mm-hmm. And if they don't mount the APs at this stage, they wouldn't be able to do so uh, later. Not only not only just the racking aisles we wanted to go test. We, when we was on site, we was on site for quite a few days doing different types of tests. We were testing out on the mezzanine floors rather than using... Um, omnidirectional antennas on the mezzanine floors because the mezzanine floors they didn't have any walls so there's three levels of mezzanines but there was no walls so we didn't want to just take omnis in each level of the mezzanine because we knew that that would just blast out and literally cover the whole warehouse so we wanted to use a semi-directional patch antenna and point it down but we wanted to understand like are we how many do we actually need to use and then what is that signal going to look like so we went and put um the six DBI patch antenna from Cisco and point it down, and we measured, you know, how far a coverage we get from that. 
So it was not just, you know, just doing the, the, it wasn't just a case of doing just down the aisles. It was also a case of making sure we've done the mezzanine areas and also making sure that we, um, you could never, like, when you just look at a 2D floor plan and you're trying to, you do a design, you think you kind of understand what it looks like. But when you actually go there and you actually see it for yourself, and then you can understand that where can, you know, where does it make sense to place access points? Where does it make sense to install these antennas? I think out of the whole design, we only really changed like four, maybe five different access points and antennas from our original design. Yeah, nice. Okay, so my question is around what once you have your predictive and then you go and you get your kind of I guess real world kind of data how are you firstly how are you comparing those like actually like practically how do you compare those and then secondly what what are you doing to your predictive to adjust that so that it it better reflects what you're seeing in the real world yeah i'll take i'll take this one then shall i max and she'll answer the last one so how do we compare it so i'll, I'll literally you know get my predictive model up on one one echo how uh, and then i'll get my on-site testing one up on another echo how and i will i will just look at the difference i'll just compare you know i turn on one access point from here i'll turn on the access point we tested and when, when we're doing our testing we make sure we name it so like when we were doing our open stick testing we were saying this is the access point at 18 meters high with a 20 degree tilt and then this is in the same position but with a 30 degree tilt we freeze our access points so it saves that you know the, the results and then we can just pick through and compare uh, and then how do we update so, our- so sorry mate you, you've got you've effectively got two separate esx files mm-hmm. you've got your predictive you've yeah, got your- yeah yeah sure of course so we've got we've got our predict we, we would have three different files we've got a predictive model we've got our apionistic testing and then we have our validation survey so we would have effectively well we had in the end we had way more than three files but in theory we're going to have a predictive model our ap on the stick testing and then our validation file yeah nice um so, and then you know how do we I'm how not do laughing you, at you man i'm just laughing i know at i just all, all the same emojis that are just puffing up it's so just... whenever you like raise hands or put any kind of like these emoticons whatever it changes all of your positions on my things so everyone just moves around i don't know what's going on we're just trying we're just trying to mess you up mate that. that's all the yeah. thing is though christian suits everyone that he's had so far it's like him to a t he's got like the pirate like going on and... all the village people in one <laughs> and then your, your second question dan is like how do you how do you adjust your predictive model to reflect yeah. what you've captured in the in the field so sometimes you need to tweak what you've set for your attenuation testing and i need to tweak you know your, your the height the angle um just to try and get it to reflect what it actually actually looks like um we found that actually if we put in really accurate data into our predictive model it actually was really really close if not pretty much bang on to what we tested on site um we've done a couple of webinars where we had our predictive model Simula- uh, simulation compared to the api on a stick and then compared to our actual validated um testing and when you look at it it was pretty much bang on and pretty i'm probably sure that everyone's heard of the whole garbage in garbage out if you put yeah. bad information into echo how bad data you're going to get bad data out you put good information and correct data into echo you're going to get good data out so 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 next question then in terms of because because obviously 
Ekahau doesn't take into consideration things like um, reflections and things like that. Mm. It, it it doesn't do that. It just does free pay, free space path loss. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Yep. Um, so so how 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 can you change your predictive to show what you see in terms of reflection and things like that? Because because obviously it's not something that Ekahau offers. Yeah, so, so, so when, how do you display that? So when we um, when we were doing our testing, what we found is that the reflections, if that you know, when we walked all the way towards the wall, you know, from say you had your access point where you was walking underneath, you had really great signal, and then you started to walk further and further away from where it was, and you get towards the wall, and the signal was dropping down. As you got closer to the wall, the signal started to get better because it was obviously metal and it was bouncing off, so that was improving the coverage. So. You, we found that, you know, kind of directly underneath the antenna and around from the antenna, it wasn't going to be too much of a problem for reflections. Maybe off the back wall, it would have some kind of reflections. But mm-hmm. what we actually said to the customer was the more that you install the racks and fill these racks with stock, the better the Wi-Fi is going to get. And they were like, what do you mean? It's like, well, yeah, the more you fill these racking aisles with stock, the better the performance of the Wi-Fi will be in the warehouse. Because... We knew when they feel, we knew the kind of contents they were going to be filling the racks with, and we knew that was going to completely block, uh, completely attenuate the Wi-Fi. So, when you've got, when we turn on one of the ant- the access points and the antennas that's going down the aisle, pretty much no RF leaks out to the other. You get great signal down the aisle that you're on. As soon as you go to the next aisle, you, you completely go from say like minus fifty to minus seventy-five to eighty-five. That was, that was fun actually, Matt, wasn't it? Because with with the racks full of stuff. It was exactly that. We just had the coverage inside the aisle we were shooting, shooting into, mm-hmm. uh, but with empty racks. Uh, we were using the 13 DBI Cisco 2513 antennas. So they're quite directional. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when positioned 80 meters above the ground and tilted 20 or 30 <sighs> degrees down, they were covering entire warehouse, each and every antenna. Okay. With neg 85 or stronger. Entire warehouse and the warehouses. Uh, how how wide the, was the warehouse map? Well, seven hundred twenty thousand square foot. I don't know the width of the warehouse. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. It, it was like close to like six or eight hundred meters. It was something crazy. It was wide. Like that was yeah, yeah. my garden up. Yeah. <laughs> Surely, there's a fine line between the interference and the reflections being constructive versus destructive, and you have to test with the client that's being used rather than the psychic. Because if you've got a client with one spatial stream and one antenna then it's not going to be able to take advantage of that multipath whatsoever is it it's just going to struggle absolutely yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that because the amount of times i've done uh troubleshooting in my houses where yeah you, you get you get a call and it's wi-fi doesn't work very well drops out all the time and you can survey all you want with a psychic it's going to give you um it's going to give you some sort of information you're going to see roughly what's going on but until you start troubleshooting with those devices, you ain't going to get anywhere because no. you have to, have to, have to work with those devices. Otherwise, like I said before, you can design the best best Wi-Fi in the world that works on paper and works in a predictive model. But unless it works with them devices, you're not good. You know, you're abs- absolutely right. And we were, again, very lucky that this customer really, really respected what we recommended because we we helped them with purchasing the, the scanners that they were they were going to use at this warehouse. So this, they actually bought brand new scanners with, based nice. on our recommendation because the scanners they wanted to use from their old warehouse, they, they, they were thinking to bring them over, but they were really like crappy old handheld scanners like 
11N only. I'm not even sure if they were 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, but with the warehouse, it was we only it's a 5 gigahertz only network, no 2.4 at all. And the scanner, like you said, when we went on site, did our apionistic testing, we went with the scanner. And whilst one of us was up with the tripod and the antenna and the access point, uh, the other one was doing, down with the survey, but we had the scanner and we was connecting to the access point, like sending pings, like then because it's an Android application, you can, you know, you can, there's free scanning tools. So you can actually see how the scanner was seeing this access point. And you could walk different distances from the antenna and see, you know what, you know, I'm now a hundred meters from this access point that's 18 meters above me. How do I see the Wi-Fi from the perspective of this scanning device? Yeah, it might be quite interesting to people to to understand uh, what would be the coverage from these 13 DBI antennas. So like around 120 meters away from the antenna, we still had usable coverage using a handheld scanner. Okay. Mm. Uh, if the antenna was pointing directly at the scanner, like at the end of the aisle, uh, we couldn't put uh, all the antennas point or point them at the end of the aisles because we required to have coverage under these antennas as well. So we had to tilt them like at least 30 degrees down to cater for both 80 meters height and under the antenna. So when they were positioned like that, tilted 30 degrees down, they were covering like around 100 meters with next 75 or stronger. And they were also providing next 75 or stronger directly under the antenna 80 meters high for the handheld scanners. Yes, done. So next question. Obviously, Ekahau is a very 2D bit of software. And it's it, great and tool. It will sh- and it will sh- it's a great tool. And it will we show like, you... We really like Ekahau, by the way. The love Ekahau. Love Ekahau. Great tool. Um, if they could reply sh- to my emails, that would be great. It will, <laughs> it will show you... <laughs> It will show you the the signal. Uh, is it a meter off the floor? You can well if you're predicting. Uh, if you're doing the, model, yeah, so you this, can... this is this is my question. So, it, is there a way where you can see? Okay, this is what it looks like at a meter. This is what yes, it looks like at ten meters. This is what it looks like at fifteen. It's a hidden. It's a hidden feature. It's not hidden, really. It's like it's it's there. It's just a little bit hidden. You have to you have to hold. I don't. I don't. You have to press. You have to hold down the option. If you're on a Mac, you hold down option on the. Who isn't on a Mac? Tell me, tell me their names. <laughs> it's, it's, you hold down control or option as you I'd click on, on the Mac. options gorgeous. tag, um, <laughs> options tab on the signal strength, and you can choose what height you want to be simulating the signal strength at. Why are they, nice. why are they secret? Why are they hidden? Is this because they're developing it and they don't no, want no, it to no, be no, a feature or is it because it's working very well it's just because if if you give people too many options in the GUI they will start screwing things up more yeah. than, you know, than using them to help but, them if they don't understand it fully so <laughs> so by the sounds of it they can do 3D signal measuring why don't they just do it exactly I mean your trainers for God's sake you teach you can teach them this feature in a bloody class why why are you why are you asking these guys don't have like access to changing it's the way Ekahal works. My question, my question, my question was just saying just to them, how can we get this working guys? And they've yeah. given us that answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm attacking them. Go back, to your, go back to your superiors and ask them why <laughs> it's hidden. You, why, you, are, why you, are, you, you are our superior. We all bow down <laughs> to you, Alan. 
take your we take your excellent advice on, on cryptocurrency and then two days later it crashes <laughs> and I lose half my money all night <laughs> like, I've got a beer to drink to talk about that shit. I've, I've got a question then so we, we touched on it earlier and it's you know when you're doing these surveys and it's similar to going up and down in height but how far do you actually walk when you're doing an AP and a stick survey and Ryan you said like 75 right but surely the right answer is you walk as far as you can before you stop seeing that. No, no, no. And the, the example in my little world, right, and it's the enemy of the carpeted office, the dreaded atrium, right? If you've got an access point that's broadcasting the signal into an atrium, you've got to find out exactly where that access point is broadcasting on every floor because it could absolutely nuke your design. No, I, to be honest, um, I just said that generally. I'd rather you were, Orin. No, I don't lie. I don't lie. I, I call you, you really? an arse. You said next 75. That's a lie. And I, and I, call, I call you an arse all your face. I don't lie about it. But, <laughs> you know, uh, it, with the what I tend to figure out is roughly how far away, if I can't survey the full access, uh, the full warehouse for whatever reason. Because um, you're lazy. I would, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, killing you. <laughs> I don't i don't get this fat for nothing you know uh, is what i've done before is i've worked out roughly uh, i know it's not an exact science is you just take a device and you walk away from the access point uh and walk a couple of aisles to one side and figure out roughly where that cell edge is yeah so when i get and like I say, it's not an exact science, but to be honest, I've never been too far away from it when I've done this. This is what as far away as I can. And I say, right. Um, and, I, and I measure and I say, right, I'm 85 meters away from the access point that it is. And that's assuming that the access point placements are perfect and they're using the right antennas. Is then I'll then model that. So I'll say roughly 85 meters from the access points to the edge of that aisle is that cell edge. So then I can work it out that way. And then after I've made some sort of predictions around that, I can go and validate that. Did you um did you see the question that I asked from our Twitter account the other day? I don't follow it. None of us follow you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> About when you design for multi multiple floors, do you yeah. stack APs on top of each other or do yeah. you stagger them? I, I would I've staggered them when I've done it before. So it depends. You, you stagger, you stack, you... It, okay. it depends. Back, back, each other back, and back, see how high I can floor, make the tower. And I get it to as high as I can go. I've done, yeah. I've done one where the floor attenuation was about 65 dB. It was solid, solid concrete. Were really you standing forced. between the access point and the... <laughs> 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 I just made a fat I, face. I, I, I do. I do attenuate a lot of Wi-Fi. To be honest, people have said that the Wi-Fi works better when I'm not in the office. You so are a bit better. better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all that junk in the trunk, isn't it? Hey, mate, I tell you what, it took years to perfect this. You know, <laughs> do you know, in 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 the, in the woman world, I would I would have a what's known as a, a big booty. I, I would be one of them <laughs> big booty bitches. Yeah, the woman world. <laughs> the woman world. <laughs> what world is the man world? <laughs> yeah, well, tell me about the man world. I'll tell you. <laughs> what kind of what? What are you in that world? I want to know, Ryan. What are you in the man world? <laughs> Fat bastard. I'm what? I'm what? I'm what a real Greek man. Greek statue. He's an Adonis. I am the definition of a real man. 
he's the chubby friend. <laughs> I will. Oh, you, saying, mustn't be, you mustn't be kicking away from 18 Clem. 18, 18 what? 18 Clem. What's what? We need Okay, we need a translator there. Is <laughs> guys like immigrants like try to answer this this question? So eat, eating clam, the clam. What is what 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 is it? Clam. Yeah. Is it's it like the, the stuff lives in the sea and has a shell? That's <laughs> a clam. <laughs> That's a clam. Yeah. Do clam. you mean stone? Right. Yeah. I don't know what I am in stone. I am a hundred kilograms. Alexa, what's a hundred kilograms I... in stone? One hundred kilograms is about sixteen stone. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I said not a kick oh. off. Yes, it's oh, it's oh, oh. it's mainly dick. If I'm honest. Christian, if Chris Reed is listening, Alexa, play Abba dancing yes. queen. <laughs> Alexa, play ABBA, Dancing Queen, all speakers. <laughs> there we go. Alexa, set now. alarm for 5 a.m. <laughs> uh, that's just you, Chris, if you, if you ever listen to this garbage. I've listened to it, I've listened to it, of course I have. Ryan, what were you oh, saying? Too. I can't really remember now. I'm <laughs> a few beers deep now. I've been about to take should we, should we talk about something else then that isn't warehouse and acorn stick related then let's move on um, should we diversify what, what? weren't they a band on britain's got talent have you got any question any kind of highly intellectual wi-fi questions you'd like to ask us here at the podcast because or we're... just normal <laughs> questions not not wi-fi oh okay let's not go there okay I forget. if i finish this beer <laughs> I'll think I know everything about Wi-Fi 6. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the way you say it, it sounds like Wi-Fi 6. So I, I've got a question. It's, uh -huh. an RT, it's an RTLS-based question, right? And I, I think I've asked you this guys this question before, guys. But Why are you, why are you doing it again? So... <sighs> It's, it's, because it's a because this is now in a public sphere and it's not just in our iMessage group. So um, if you're designing if you're designing RTLS, no, you're not. It's basically just it's basically me and Mac just talking about Dungeons and Dragons and computer games. Basically, so group. Let's be honest. No, I'm there too. I have to part of all that bullshit as well. That's <laughs> true. Uh, bless him. Um, so, RTLS question. You need three APs. At, say, so, say, take Cisco's thing. You need three APs at NEG67. But my understanding is that those APs effectively have to be on the right channel to be able to do that trilateration. So if you've got, if you've got, um, say you're doing a, an RTLS design, are you s suggesting that if you need to look at your tertiary signal strength, that the tertiary signal strength should be per channel or what's, what's the best way to do it? Like, should you do three groups of APs where you would normally just have one on the same channel or is there a better way of doing it? Okay, so 
long story short, it's a bad idea to do RTLS with Wi-Fi, okay? Because of that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Additionally to, to the stuff that you've just described, like, you know, all the APs, they are on different channels and JSON APs on a different channel and then the client will be on a channel of the AP that it's associated to and when it transfers or receives data. JSON APs, they won't know about that, right? So that's why yeah. in RTLS, uh, using Wi-Fi, typically you will have like a dedicated antenna race or dedicated radio that, that you know, that just you know, dwells on a channel for very short periods of time and it will just be using a dedicated radio to listen to, to the Wi-Fi clients on different channels. Sometimes it will miss the communication from the clients and therefore you won't be able to use that access point to uh, do Wi-Fi RSSI trilateration. And that's another uh, key word here, RSSI. RSSI sucks when it comes to Wi-Fi uh, for the RTLS application because it fluctuates. Even if you have an access point in the ceiling and you sit five meters away from it and you have uh, 10 phones on a desk, all of them, they will be showing a different RSSI. And not only that, it will be changing while they just sit on the desk. So it's it's not a good idea to, to use it really for RTLS. Yeah, another little um, saying that we like when it comes to, if you do do Wi-Fi, uh, do. RTLS, yeah, well, the clients, <laughs> they, they need to be heard, they don't need to be served. So yeah. when it comes to RTLS design, when if you're doing it with Wi-Fi, um, you know, if you got you know, deploy lots and lots of access points, you could have you're going to be introducing lots of cross-channel contention if you turn on all of these access points. But you you can turn off some radios because they don't need to be serving clients; they just need to be able to hear clients. So yeah. that's kind of one I like of the contention. So if you take uh, say the Cisco 9130s, right, where you've got the you you can either have an eight by eight on the five gigahertz, or you can have two four by fours, micro and a macro. Mm -hmm. And you've also got the, um, is it, what's it I called? The ARSIC? The ASIC. ASIC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because you've got the RF ASIC stuff going on on that AP, does that negate the need to, to make a, a two four by four five gig radios, one in monitor mode, one in client serving mode, or would you suggest saying, no, the RF ASIC is kind of a separate thing that's not really being used yet. You still need to have one in monitor mode, one well, in client serving if you, mode. If you're, doing, if you're doing RTLS, you wouldn't want to be using a 9130. You'd rather use a 4800 or a 3700. Well, I would say that depends. Well, oh, oh, fight. Fight, fight, well, fight, if it comes fight. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to try and get as as accurate as possible that you can with Wi-Fi, you want to use hyperlocation, a model of access point that has the the Halo module. So the four eight hundred has that built in, and the thirty seven hundred you can buy a module that you. But there isn't. But there isn't a Wi-Fi six that has that, is there? At the moment, there's, I don't think there's going to be one either. I don't think right. that. Yeah, we don't. It's not set in stone, so Cisco doesn't know themselves if they want to release hyperlocation for Wi-Fi six yet, uh, because hyperlocation is like it doesn't use uh, really uh, the trilateration. It it does use it to angle of uh, approach, isn't it? But it is angle of arrival, yeah. So it's using triangulation yeah. and not trilateration. Yeah. And while it works, it's extremely complex and it's plagued with you know with Wi-Fi RSSS fluctuation, with uh, multipath fading, with MAC randomization with clients sitting on different channels, it's very difficult, you know, to, to use that for, for RTLS. So 
recently, Cisco is focusing more on DLE, omnidirectional mm -hmm. radios. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's still RSSI trilateration, built-in omnis uh, in their APs, all of them, they have it. And you can empower uh, just like a, so you just design for standard Wi-Fi and the APs that also have Wi-Fi, they also have DLE built in. You probably would like to enhance it with some beacons around it. So not only your access points, they send beacons, but also you will have some, some beacons like plugged into some wall sockets. And then when your devices, they listen to it, they will be able to use this information to, you know, to send it back to the location engine for calculation. And theoretically, if you have enough beacons, the accuracy will be better than with Wi-Fi. Okay. But does, does that require, so, okay, another question. So BLE location, does that require you to have some sort of application or, or can that still work passively without having, having an app? Well, again, it depends. If you want to do asset tracking, then you require no application on your mobile device, right? Because then for assets tracking, you have a BLE tags that are just, you know, chirping. They're just sending a, a beacon, sending an, you know, ID, sending some information into the air, like every second, every five seconds, every minute, depending on uh, how often you want to, uh, to, to send it. It affects the battery power directly. Uh, and then this is for assets tracking. So your tag sends beacon and your infrastructure listens to the beacons. Your infrastructure doesn't send, doesn't transmit, just listen to the beacons from the tags. And then it uses the trilateration, RSSI based, you know, this kind of stuff. That's no application, no mobile phones, whatever. You have mobile phones, they can still be used as a BLE tag, but mm -hmm. you don't have to. Now, if you want to... So, so sorry, just quickly. So if you were saying, you know, you're going to put this into a place most places that would be doing this type of RTLS thing would have, say, like a door entry system. So are you suggesting that you would, you know, that the card that they would use to open the door would also have, you know, a separate BLE chip in it, something like that? It's possible. It's very possible. You can have a card form factor of a BLE tag that is also mm -hmm. useful for location. And then you are locating the stack. This stack just sends a beacon every now and then that yeah. your infrastructure listens to. And then you can switch the roles you can have your infrastructure sending beacons that your devices, like your mobile phones, are listening to. And then you can have like a faster locating. Uh, you can see a blue dot on the screen of your mobile phone. You know, it's, it's just a, like, look at Mist, uh, for example, how they've done it. In our opinion, Mist is like a pinnacle of what you can achieve with DLE location. Uh, they have... Uh, they have eight radios directional around the access points and they can both uh, listen to the uh, BLE beacons or they can transmit BLE beacons to your device. So when you're using a smartphone, you are listening to, to, to the access points. Yeah, go on, Dan. Uh, I was just going to say, so in order for your device to send a beacon, do you have to have an application in I order for that to happen? Yeah, because like in BLE, you also have micro randomization. You, you mm -hmm. don't have to have an application. Your device will still be sending stuff on BLE that can be picked up by location sensors, BLE location sensors, uh, but it will be micro randomized uh, by default. Mm -hmm. And if you want your device to be trackable, then you really require this device to be a dedicated tag that doesn't change its MAC address, or you need to have an application that also doesn't change uh, the MAC address of the transmitter. As, as an example of what so what I do with Mist at home is we've got OBD Bluetooth sensors that plugs in the car 
and my missed access point can pick up when the car gets home just because it's transmitting Bluetooth. And it's, sorry, it's using BLE. So it knows which car's getting home at which time because of that. And then you can use webhooks to kick off all sorts of stuff. Yeah, sure. No problem with that. So this is just like a, a proximity type of thing with just one beacon. Right. So if, if, if you guys were designing, uh, say an RTLS solution, you would say that the Wi-Fi would be at the bottom of the pile. BLE would be more preferable. A BLE app would be better than that. And then say something like ultra wideband or, you know, what, what, how, how would you rank those, those things? Okay, so I'll try to answer that quickly. Depending on the use case and the requirements, sometimes it's enough for you to know where your Wi-Fi device is associated to, okay? And then you can just locate at the room level or locate at the floor level or locate mm -hmm. at the building level. So you just have mm -hmm. presence stats. How many users are in the building? Have all of them left the building in the case of like a fire evacuation stuff? Yeah. So Wi-Fi can work for that very well. Okay. We were using Wi-Fi very nicely without uh, hyperlocation with just like 3702 APs from Cisco. And it was working perfectly uh, for locating our iPhones in Natsulik office with kind of a room accuracy. If you couldn't have room accuracy, it will tell, uh, tell you that, you know, Matt Starling is on the first floor. Uh, if it knows that it's associated to the AP in a West Wing, it will say that Matt is on the first floor West Wing, which is typically in most use cases, you know, like this good enough. If you want to have more accuracy, then BLE will be a better choice. And by accuracy, I mean like, you know, absolute XY coordinates uh, where you can track your asset or where you can use a blue dot and see it on the screen of your device, then BLE is better. Mm -hmm. uh, then if you want to have like supreme accuracy when it's required, like for very, very fast and robust uh, in the wayfinding or locating assets with centimeters accuracy, then ultra wideband is, is the way to go. Mm -hmm manufacturing and things like that and that's where and that's another thing bands can be wi-fi and ble they operate in 2.4 and 5 gigs and mm -hmm. the frequencies they are not too suitable for operation in uh, harsh environments industry uh, yeah. you know environment like around metals around uh, fluids they just won't work too well because of multiple fading and mm -hmm. ultra wideband is such a you know massive 500 megahertz wide uh, wide uh, transmissions and very low low powered as well uh, that they are not too affected by by this environmental harshness of the rf around them so mm -hmm. ultra wideband can work pretty much everywhere where wi-fi and ble cannot additionally ultra wideband can work in all the environments where wi-fi and ble can nice so my my next question then is if you've been kind of asked to set up like a, an RTLS solution for a customer or something like that, how, how do you, obviously with Wi-Fi, we have Ekahow and, and, and products like that where we can predictively design those types of things. Say, for instance, you've been asked to, okay, we want to set up uh, a, a Wi-Fi network, but we also want BLE location. So, for instance, Mist have got their AP43 or whatever that's got the the array in there, but then you can also get the just the Bluetooth APs, BT11s, can't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah BT11s that, that you can put around. So, so is there software that you can use that can help you to uh, model that? Yeah, exactly. You can design for BLE in Echo Home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Echo, yeah. The um, you can use the Bluetooth coverage um visualization feature on Echo, and 
you can choose to use just beacon only. So BT11s are in there. Um, but if you're doing a design for maybe like ultra wideband and you want to use a company like Sevio, they have a um, RTLS planner. So it's not quite as advanced as what Ekahau is, but um, you can still plan a ultra wideband network using the RTS, RTLS planner software. Cool. Great. So just for anyone at Ekahau that will obviously never listen to this, but I actually knew the answer to that question, but I just wanted to lead the question so that it would get to that that place. So I'm I'm, I'm happy that you guys uh, it, promo material right there. Eh? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder, I wonder if we will see ultra wideband in Ekahau at some point. You know, like, it'd be amazing. We saw yeah. we were talking to Bob Friday quite a long time ago about um you know location tracking, and he was kind of like hinting that he was thinking about potentially maybe putting some ultra wideband radios inside of the access points. I think if you start to see access points, they've got ultra wideband radios in them, then maybe we'll see that in in Eggerhouse shortly. Well, we've, Matt, we've had this you've... discussion before, though. How I still don't get how people are going to cram all these different radios into a single device. Oh, you've seen you've seen you've seen the size of a forty eight hundred. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah. yeah, but they're also cramming <laughs> into these. Uh, yeah, it would exist. Yeah, so software defined radios, can't they? Yeah, but you can only use them one at a time. But turn, they, off. turn off the Wi-Fi two point four five gig and connect to your Bluetooth. Well, so for instance, the the HomePod Mini, Matt, you've got a HomePod Mini, haven't you? I have. Tiny, tiny little thing. Yeah. Yeah, my love, That's my, my wife loves the intercom feature of like that. The HomePod, the Apple Sorry, HomePod. When you said tiny yeah. little thing, and you did a, a hand For gesture, Matt. I was, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, was like, yeah. that's not little. little. <laughs> Look at the girth on that bad boy. Um, that's why I still help. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's that's got obviously that's got that's got Wi-Fi in it. That's got ultra wideband. Have you have you done any of the like handoff ultra wideband features on the HomePod Mini at all? Have you seen that working in real life and? No, I mean, as, as all I do, I play music on it. And then sometimes if I'm in my office and I want to piss off my wife, I'll say, hey, Siri Intercom. And then I'll be like, <laughs> make me some coffee. And then I don't get a coffee. No, I, I don't, I don't believe you for a second. I think it would be, can you make me love? Please, because please. I'm really thirsty and you're the best coffee maker ever. Uh, and I'm I'm in the middle of doing a doing training. Can you please <laughs> <laughs> love you forever? And I buy you the that best coat that you've always wanted. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, it, that's, it doesn't, it it doesn't go like, down too on. well, especially because one time I did it, I didn't realize she was on a call, so she was like on a oh. call all of a sudden. It <laughs> <laughs> just started blasting. Awesome. And she's like, it's not that's funny, awesome. don't do that, I'm going to unplug <laughs> it. I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> so, so you've never done the, like where you're playing music on the phone and then you can just put it next to the HomePod Mini and using Ultra Wideband, it effectively will just send that music directly to... So I have menu. to like, why? Do, well, uh, maybe I maybe I don't know. I'm doing it wrong, but I just go into like Spotify or whatever, and then I just choose my output and I just change it to my kitchen speaker. That's just that's just airplay, mate. Come on, you yeah, need so to get if, get if, involved if, with the ultra wideband. You're next to it. It's gonna it's gonna swap and just start playing it. I'll try it. Out it yeah. Does it actually work? Auto, because when I've got my AirPods, it, it it doesn't work. When I've got my AirPods, right? My they get confused whether they're not whether Air, or not they're using my Mac. Air, or, AirPods is Bluetooth. I know it's, Bluetooth, Bluetooth. But it's, still it's not ultra wide. Apple band. not being able to fix the bloody software. Alan, what do you have there? What is that? Looks like Some a Google shit device. I have an Android S21. <laughs> he sent back his iPhone because he bought an iPhone mini and he was like, oh, it's too small. No, fucking. Are you all right? Yeah, you bought a fucking mini. Well, 
Look, look at the size of this beauty, you balance. Yeah. I got, small, I got small hands, so I decided you're, I'm going to get myself a mini. And not only hands. To be fair. How big is the S21? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit bigger. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Freaking bellend. But, but here's the funny thing. I'm going to send this back because um, the camera on here is phenomenal. It really is good. However, the battery life on these are just Mate, dog shit. I just get an iPhone 12 Pro. Stop yeah. being a bellend. Yeah, just No, because then you can now. use it. Honestly, my 12 Pro is what I use for my Echo House surveys, and it is the best thing for doing like surveys. So is that what I you love it. do? Do you do continuous or autopilot? Autopilot. Autopilot with the LiDAR yeah, on but- 12 Pro. Yeah. And it is so good. And literally, all I do is every time I walk through a door, I just tap when I walk through a door. And the more you use it, the more accurate it gets. And it is flawless. It's so good. I don't believe you. No, I must agree. We love Echohow. Actually, I don't believe you're flawless, is what I meant to argue. Alan, you're not right. flawless. <laughs> Echohow is, but you're not. <laughs> I, thought, I thought of a question for you, Alan. Oh, God. What did you have for breakfast? No, <laughs> what, um, recently you were doing a, a warehouse survey and you used one of them Vantage tripods, right? The tripod that goes up to 12 meters high. Yeah. Yeah. What's what was question? your, what was your experience like using that? How, how was the stability? How did it's you right. find like, the movement? Okay. Like... That was good. <laughs> That's very deep. Yeah. Any, any other questions? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, go on. Elaborate. Elaborate. Tell me more about it. How how the smooth why... was the extension? Did it? Yeah, it jerky. Also, or did you have to put the does it tell you like it? what height you're at as you're as you're raising the no. as you're raising the pole? Did you get no, an it... erection? <laughs> I erected. I didn't get an erection. I erected um, a pole. It was. It went quite long. Um, in your hand. Yeah, my hand. Honestly, it was just like you know. I had to use two hands, Mac, but Mac, that's how big it got. So, um, blimey. And it wasn't mine, you know? Amazing. It was somebody else's, really, if you think Ooh. about it. Um, but I managed to handle myself and, and obviously the, the tripod. So, um, I did well, you know, check out these guns, man. I have to have good guns to handle such, such heavy weight. It's like when I go to the toilet anyway, never mind. Um, so the, the tripod, yes, it's a good idea to get one. So, I recommend it definitely for uh, anybody that's going to be using, I guess, aplastic surveys at height. It goes up to 12 meters. Now, would I use it at 12 meters? Probably not. The reason why I wouldn't use it at 12 meters is that this, there is stability issues. Now, um, if you're going to put a directional antenna and an access point, you're going to need to obviously have some sort of counterbalance by putting on another access point or, sorry, another antenna at the other side um to stop it from kind of slightly leaning in one direction or swaying that kind of thing but it's pretty sturdy they're robust it's, it's um pretty nice uh, carbon kind of look and feel um very strong it's good it's worth it's worth investing in them because it means that you don't have to piss about with cherry pickers and any mm. types of lifts that require you to operate at certain heights which can be time consuming costly uh-huh. and it's just how big what? is it at the bottom when you extend it fully to 12 meters? What is How the rating? How big is it at the bottom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the same. So, I don't know, like in between the legs, what is the distance? 
uh, Dan, you are muted. Uh, How big? In between the legs. It's the same. It's bit, it's bit, that's, that's not a measurement. Got, it's a bit personal <laughs> to ask me, guys. I mean... <laughs> At the base, how, 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 how wide is it? <laughs> it's wide enough. But, um, if I remember rightly, I think it's about this wide. <laughs> Brilliant. You're, a, you're such a moron. You're a size man. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, um, I see your one had wheels. Do they, do they all come with wheels or did you add that on as extra? No, they come with wheels. They come with wheels. So they also come with sandbags as well, but you have to obviously fill them up with sand. And the purpose of that is to obviously provide a... Where did you get your sand from? <laughs> what are the wheels from? <laughs> Wait, Seriously, you, Alan. Fucking hell. Sand? Oh... <laughs> Fine, leave me alone. It's funny. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm laughing at my own jokes here. Uh, <laughs> um, I got, when, I got my sand from being cute. You, you got to get coarse sand, not ultra fine sand. Or the, <laughs> like come on, it makes the difference. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just imagine you and Wenham going down to like, your local beach and just shoving a load of sand into a bag. <laughs> yeah, we did that actually. To be fair, we did. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> No, we didn't really. Oh, didn't you? Didn't didn't you win the? Didn't you win the kit at WLPC? The the whole like the high little pelly case. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, hive radar thing. Oh, is that what it do you, is? Do you still I've have not that? opened it since? I've it. I mean, it's it's stuck in the carriage collecting. Can you, can you dust. describe? Can you describe the case? It's yellow. <laughs> do, do do you still have it? Do you use it or? Yeah, I still use it. I still have it. It's it's really good. It's it's good for. Office environments, small areas, um, low ceilings, that kind of thing. Really good mm-hmm. for that. It's compact, it's flexible, it's easy to use. Does that have the battery built in or is, do you have to have a separate? No, you, so yeah, inside it is the, is, is the accelerator. So, and it's pretty good in that, um, they've actually kind of engineered, um, I guess cable holes for it. So you just literally plug in, um, USB or RJ45, POE, whatever you need into the outside of the actual pelican case nice. and that is connected internally inside to the accelerator so it's, it's well engineered i think it's well thought out um the only thing i'd say is that the stand is, is flimsy it's not perfect but then when the pelican case is i guess this big yeah brilliant it's not <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't help myself i just think it's coming alan this is the reason why you definitely need to actually post this as a video because you are the one above everyone else you're the one that makes it impossible for this to be an audio only podcast <laughs> and it's surprising because you've got a face for radio yeah <laughs> <sighs> so i think in terms of measurements <laughs> it's this no i'm joking i think the <laughs> The, the, the tripods go up to something like 2.2 meters tops. They don't go full up to ceiling. Mm-hmm. They're not very tall. I'd recommend you do buy the right tripod height for what you need and also make sure that with the Wi-Fi stands, you're limited very much to how you can attach antennas and access points is one of the things that we found out. So, you know, if you want to do what the guys at Clear to Send, uh, Roal did recently, I think he posted a really good picture where he was, uh, I think he was showing a dual band um antennas uh with one ap i think he was using mm-hmm. the um dark cables as well to try and basically the use, uh, and the yeah do, doing dual band five gig yeah, to be able to use one access point yeah with your cell text battle axe yeah that's what we were using predominantly mm-hmm. as well um because 
great antennas um, for warehouses, if I'm brutally honest. They're really mm. fucking good. But it's, it's yeah, it, you just need to have the, I guess, the right survey equipment for the job that you're going to be doing. And I think you should take the Vantage tripod for doing extremely tall heights and also take a small, excuse me, Wi-Fi survey to um, uh, what, the Wi-Fi survey kit, you know, the, the one I got which you know it's a small simple tripod so if you've got low mezzanine ceilings which are typically deployed in warehouses that i've experienced it's handy you don't have to kind of lug around a a great big vantage uh, tripod that can be something like i guess one and a half meters um in diameter mm-hmm. is what the actual tripod is at the bottom it's quite quite wide and needs to be weighted down and it's awkward to get in between skinny aisles so mm. you you, you want to have an array of tripods if i'm brutally honest so if you can kind of throw it in the back of your truck or your car then do so but Definitely worth getting uh, and investing in a, an advantage. They're expensive. They're about two grand for the 12 meter, but you might make that back relatively quickly. The uh, nine meter ones is what they offer, I think, is about maybe 1,500 quid, but I might as well go for the full 12 meters because you just never know. Yeah. You might be in a situation where you need to go that high. Um, but the thing I'd say about these tripods is that it would be handy to know how high they are when you're kind of lifting them up because. It's a what's the word? Some sort of digital, digital like measurement as your even if it's just the line on the actual tripod. So because it's it's oscillating, where it kind of uh, I can't remember the word, but it begins with a no. Where it's sort of like it slots inside of another pole, inside of another pole. It's um like Russian doll type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But there's a word. I'm sure it begins with a no. Um, because you can get steps that are kind of oscillated where they're inside of each other. You just kind of flick them out a bit like a a a stick that maybe a professor might use on a concertina alan you're four you're like four or five beers in mate you're never going to remember that word so just (laughs) just just leave it we all know what you mean just leave it alone all right so the feedback i would say is that it would be good very good and useful i love that beer that's my favorite hazy james is the best one it's better than the punk ipa the one style uh, i gotta say hazy jane or or elvis are my my two favorites elvis just yeah, oh, I can't drink Elvis juice. It's okay. awful. Hey, and hey, all hey, that tangerine hey. shit you quoted earlier at the beginning. It's horrible. Yeah. Oh, I like it. it. I've like drank it. even even the Lost Lager because that's Pilsner, and I don't like it. I've trust me, I've tried every single beer from Punk, and uh, the best one is Hazy Brood- Jane. Uh, uh, sorry, from Brewdog. I've, Brood- I've, I've run out of Brewdog. I've gone through no. like half a bottle no. in the night. No. <laughs> no, Oh, Alan, I don't agree that it's better than punk. I think punk is still better. Nah. Than oh, mate. Um, I, don't get me wrong. Punk is good. And if I had to drink that for the rest of my life, I'd still be happy. But I, I actually think Hazy Jane is just as good. You know, if I was to choose between the two, yeah. oh, mate, it'd be a tough choice. But I'd probably, I'd probably sway towards Hazy Jane, if I'm honest, to, to drink as, for the rest of my not life. Not as strong and not as hoppy. But yeah. the quality is amazing. Yeah, I like I like I like I like hazy beers. Like as a general rule, I prefer a hazy beer to a clear beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Mac, I think I am going to buy that Matt off you. Oh yeah, man! By all means, I just ordered the next one, smaller one, a little bit. Okay, what's going on? Standing Matt. Standing Matt. Yeah, so look at Matt's look at Matt's camera, right? He's got like this mat below his standing desk that he stands on the mat. And I I don't know what it does, but Static. Mac and Matt 
are like raving about the fact that they've got these standing mats. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's like very deep. It's like two centimeters thick and your feet, they just sink into it. So it's more comfortable. You have more support alongside entire surface of your foot. Uh, But you've dribbled. You've dribbled. The wet patch. (laughs) Saving it for later. (laughs) Does it turn your weight as well, Mac? Uh, Well, up to 100 kilos. Imagine if it was scales as well. (laughs) And by the way, don't don't feel bad about the 100 kilos, man, because uh, last Mm -hmm. time I weighted myself, it was 104. Nice. Good. Uh, Do you know what? I've I've just bought a Peloton bike. Oh my god! I am loving it. Are you rich? What you've got to pay like six pound a mile or something stupid like that, don't you? What do you mean six pound a mile? Mate, it's seventy, including the including the bike. Mate, including the like membership for all the lessons and all the classes and stuff they do, it's like seventy pound a month. That's cheaper than the CrossFit gym I used to go to. It's also more than what I paid for David Lloyd. Yeah, exactly. 70 quid. Happy days. Just buy a bike. I've got a bike, but it's pissing the rain outside. So I'm going to do the Peloton instead. I'm loving it. I love love spinning and Peloton. I I would love to get a Peloton. Actually, one of my friends was sending his one. He said he he was going to send it to me for cheap, but I've just got nowhere to put it. I've got no space. Is it like like this funky interior inside bike with a screen yeah, yeah. It's basically it's like a bike on breeze blocks, breeze and blocks and like and got, it's, a, it's a bike it's, on breeze blocks that you've got to pay a membership to ride it's a it's a, no yeah, you can ride it without the membership the membership's optional it's just the, the big the bike, it's just the big lcd screen isn't it basically? it's a yeah it's a spin bike with a with like a 25 inch android tablet effectively it's the only android device i own <laughs> wow um man. Yeah, yeah. And um, I am loving it. As well. I'm loving it. It's so good. Because it's Android. Do you, do you, do you put it in downhill mode and just sit there? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You're, making, you're making me sad because I, I really wanted one, but I just, I, just got nowhere to, I just got nowhere to put it. Oh, so, if you sell your so, apartment and buy a house around me, you will have like four bedroom. Yeah, Matt, you need to just move out of central London, mate. That's your problem. It's yeah, I know. I just, I just love the area that I live it. in. No, it's Definitely. bullshit. If you move out, you'll love the area you move out to more than you love uh, it. I, got I family. promise I got, you. I got family here. I go and see my, my nan's like literally like a two-minute drive from my house. I go to my nan's like see yeah, my nan so quite often. I, I enjoy Two-minute drive. You'd walk, right? I do walk to my nan's sometimes, but I, I drive there as well. I like Get take a Peloton and, and ride the Peloton bike to your nan's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah easy. Just <laughs> on Matt, we are so similar. I enjoy closeness to my family so much. They they live around here as well. So I'm considering moving out to Australia or New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> I um. So if anyone listening wants a referral code to Peloton, just let me know. Hundred pounds, hundred pounds off for you. Hundred pounds off for me. Happy days. Everyone's happy. How is it off for uh, you? You've already bought it. Because uh, I get a hundred quid to spend in their like clothes shop, basically. And fuck? basically, all I all I end all I end up doing is buying like sports bras for my wife. Is yeah. basically yeah. what. what it's happens. not for your wife. It's not for your wife. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not for you, really. Let's <laughs> be honest. That isn't why we should have done the video <laughs> for that dance alone. 
Just that was, while that we're doing referrals, shuffle, if, really, really. if anybody wants to be re- if anybody wants to be referred to Octopus uh, Energy, I've got a referral code. I've got some Coinbase ones. I, I use your Octopus uh, you referral did, yeah, code. I've got, got fifty quid for that. Yeah, yeah, I used it. I used it. I'm on it now. And guys, and I can give you twenty pounds of all plants uh, vegan food subscription. Fuck off. <laughs> If anyone wants, to, <laughs> right, if, that referral knows, if anyone wants to buy some cryptocurrency in my referral code <laughs> on these exchanges, you're yeah, I'm, I'm loving your advice so far. This cost, it's not cost me anything. You, you know, the annoying thing about this, right, is <laughs> I found out I, had, now? <laughs> I, <laughs> I found out I had a few hundred pound free cryptocurrency, and as soon as I looked, the day after it just plummeted. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been, I've been kicking myself for the last like couple of years because like someone like five years, five six years ago was telling me buy, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. And I just, I, I just always felt like I missed the bus. I always felt like I'd missed the bus. So like <sighs> someone was telling me to buy Bitcoin, and it was like, and it goes up, and, and I, up, I, I didn't up. buy it. And then it got to like 5,000. I was like, oh, it's not going to get more to that. Someone else was like, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. I remember like Alan last year when we were in Oxford, you were like, yeah, start buying cryptocurrency. I didn't do it. <clears throat> and then finally on Sunday, I put a few grand into cryptocurrency and I look at my portfolio this morning. It's like gone by half. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, you're <laughs> so you're finally I take the plunge and then it just crashes. I'm like, I repeat oh. that you put a few grand into cryptocurrency. Yeah, oh. yeah, I did it on Sunday. What's, I was like, "What's, what's your opinion on it in terms of your interpretation?" I know Kristen and I have spoken about screen. it. You know, I tweet about it. Pyramid you know scheme. I'm... One yeah, sec, we need we need to finish the podcast. So let's. I've got a joke that you can use uh, to close. Go on, then. you really you finish joke. it, Christian. Right. Then we'll, right. we'll talk okay. about crypto. What we'll do is we'll say thanks very much, Nan. Say thanks very much for. Thanks very much, guys. Fuck off. Inviting us on to their podcast. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> Christian. Christian, gone. <laughs> Go back to your podcast. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is the best. Right. Why can't ants get coronavirus? Because I've got little antibodies. (laughs) (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to edit that out. I'm going to edit that out. Just no, edit in like a tumbleweed noise after that. Oh, we can, we can, we can do it. Matt, not, not this one. Oh, there we go. <laughs>